Hey, what's going on? It's Bill Byrne. It's time for the Thursday afternoon, just before Friday, Monday morning podcast. And I'm just checking in on you. Checking in to see how your week is going. Um, shout out to all the economies that are starting to open up. You know, we'll see how it goes. Shout out to the Cheesecake Factory out there and somewhere in Texas. The Waffle House in Georgia. And that Botox Clinic down there in Orange County. They're all going to fall on the knife for the rest of us. I don't know if this is true. This is just, I don't watch the news. This is just shit people on the phone have told me. All right. And I know there's a lot of commercials because I've been watching a lot of TV. I know there's a lot of commercials out there thanking everybody. We want to thank all the, uh, what do they call them? Necessary workers out there. Surprised there hasn't been any pushback. You know, to say that some people are necessary and other people aren't necessary makes some, uh, most people are going to be feeling unnecessary. And during these uncertain times, I think everybody needs to feel that they're contributing. You know, what I, mean? I you know, the one great thing about all of this shit has been it kind of shut up all of the, uh, well, I guess now then they're kind of going again with the whole brave thing. You know, these people who are uh, during this thing uh, going to work and making money. Well, thank you to all of them, all the necessity, necessary people. You know, but it's always the sexy jobs, isn't it, right? Who do they give a shout out to, right? Are the doctors and the nurses all banging each other with their fucking COVID scrubs on? You know, living a mini series. Some A-list movie star is going to play one of them. Doctor, we're out of beds. Oh, God damn it. Throw a pillow on a radiator. I don't give a shit. I got patients to, to treat. This summer, Josh Gad is uh, Joe Sixpack Doctor. What was it like to play Joe Sixpack Doctor? Well, you know, just, I mean, I'm just an actor. These are like the real heroes. Um, I don't know why I find all of those commercials thanking them fucking uh, a guilt trip. You know what I mean? I'm sitting there watching them and, I, and they fucking make me annoyed. What a surprise, Bill. What, like, what doesn't annoy you? Well, maybe that's how I can talk to myself for the whole podcast, all right? There has to be a sacrifice somewhere. Um, And it goes, yeah, they like bugging me. And I'm just thinking like, it, at what point was I not appreciative of fucking doctors and nurses and firemen and all of that? Jesus Christ, with the thanking and the thanking. Or am I superimposing the guilt trip that they've put on the support the troops thing? So no one will start it up and be like, well, hey, aren't you real? Yeah, you're really over there to free the Iraqi people or aren't you really over there to get the goop out of the ground there? Considering you won't help fellow Americans in Flint, Michigan, and fucking, oh, Jesus. Um, anyway, 
Shout out to Isaiah Thomas, man. I felt bad fucking making fun of that guy in the last podcast because then I saw him. He must have been getting a ton of shit because he went on TV um, and tried to, to change the narrative of that story. <laughs> going like, and he went about it the wrong way. Bill Lambeer crushed it. Because Isaiah was on TV going, you know, I, I achieved at every level. He was literally reading his resume. You know, academically, scholastically, uh, spelling bee, sports, the Olympic team in 1980. I made a diorama in the fourth grade that won first prize. He went the whole fucking way. And he goes, if it comes down to a lapse in emotional, he still couldn't say that he fucked up. He still couldn't say. He already threw the Celtics out of the bus. <laughs> Then he goes, and if I didn't get on that team because of a handshake, then it hurts even more today. He went white chick on this. It hurt even more today than it did back then. Right? Smash cut to Bill Lambert. Hey, are you upset that you uh, made that decision because it seemed like it was your idea to walk off the court? He goes, no. Fuck those guys. When we won it, they said we weren't real champions. (laughs) Oh, Bill Lambert crushed it. Just like every time he was at the top of the key, he'd always hit that fucking shot. Swish, nothing but net on that one. Um, anyway, I've just been continuing on watching uh, old NFL. I've been doing that, and then I've been watching the reels, man, breaking the band. It's been my favorite trashy show. They got this, their, their whole, like, whatever you call it, their little slug line or some shit. They just talk about how difficult it is to be in bands in every episode. And they, they go, the bigger the band. And then I yell at my TV. I go, the more shit we make up. <laughs> <laughs> Do you know what I, I love about the reels breaking the band is there's so few actual band members in it. And if you get an actual band member, it's usually the sideman or the guy who got kicked out. Um, so then you know it's going to be like extra meow. Although the Journey one, the Journey one had some, um, a couple of actual members in it. Uh, the Journey one was great. It had everything. It had the manager being like, I put this whole fucking thing together. You know, you had the prodigy. Guitar player, was it Neil Sean? Fucking guy played at Woodstock at like fucking, he was like 13, 15 years old or some shit, right? And uh, I got to listen to Early Journey. I guess they were like all fusion and all of that shit. And then Steve Perry comes in and uh, they totally switch the direction they're going in. They start making all of this fucking money. And then Neil Sean wants to still rock, man. And Steve Perry wants to sing some ballads, man. And then like that, that pulled the whole fucking thing apart. Or started to. I don't fucking know. I don't know. They came down pretty hard on Steve Perry, though. Um, But it's also Reels. So I think they just decide. Because Reels also ended Led Zeppelin saying that the letter that Led Zeppelin wrote left it open-ended. 
It was kind of vague. It's like, no, it wasn't vague. It was def- a, defini- a definitive statement. We're done. We won't be the same because John Bonham's such a great fucking drummer. It, we, we can't carry on as we were. And that was it. And other than a couple of benefits and when the guy from Atlantic Records passed away, they haven't. And they could make hundreds of zillions of dollars on the road. But evidently, Robert Plant invested his money in real estate. So he doesn't need the fucking money. So he's all good. Which is why old freckles in my final 18 years as a comedian, I'm walking at 70. (laughs) This is what I'm saying. I hope I am. I'm not going to walk, but I mean, I want to be able to. I'm going to become a slumlord. Mark my words. I will go down as one of the biggest slumlords in all of rental unit history. Uh, shout out to the, uh, the Crenshaw Mall. I guess that's closing as being turned into office space. So there's a big debate about whether or not it's um, because of gentrification, because of the pandemic flu or because of Amazon. Uh, The China flu. Why don't they find the name of the first patient and just, if you're going to get that, just get really specific. Thank you, Kim Fong Yu for eating that goddamn bat. (laughs) Um, Anyway, yeah, so the, the, you know, Everybody orders shit off of fucking Amazon. Nobody wants to go outside, certainly during a pandemic, but even before then, you know what I mean? I think it could be mostly gentrification. And then I think the other aspect is the food industry. And they turned our food into fucking poison and then people eat it and then they just get too fucking lethargic and out of shape to leave the house. So then they call Amazon. I like when you order something off of Amazon and they send it in a giant box. Like, that's how fucking much business they're doing. We're out of little boxes. Fuck it. Send it in the big one. Keep the line moving. Um, anyway, I did some more research of old NFL and now AFL stuff. And um, I can't get enough of this shit. I bought some old football cards. And I've been watching all this old NFL film. I watched this whole thing on the... Uh, the Vikings and the uh, the Colts in like 1968. I was watching this game, and uh, they the giant. Uh, sorry, the Vikings had this guy Joe Cap. It's like the first Latino quarterback, right? Who finished his career with the Boston Patriots. Um, he came over our way, and then he was there for. He was he was the first Latino quarterback I believe in the NFL and uh he won the Rose Bowl MVP or something in 1958 oh I already talked about this and then they didn't draft him of course like you gotta be what to play that position so he had to go to the fucking CFL crush every record up there the same way Warren Moon had two fucking 20 years after that and um he came back down and he was known for his toughness and uh, he played for the Vikings for like three, four seasons. 
And then I believe they brought Fran Tarkington back. Fran played like four years for the Vikings, then played like another four years or something for the Giants. Then they brought him back. So then he went on a big trade. He went over to the Boston Patriots. And we were getting this veteran, you know, CFL Hall of Famer. Um, and he, had, he was a tough guy, right? He had the one bar mask. And then uh, the Patriots drafted Jim Plunkett. And he was like, what the fuck? And held out. And then I, that was just sort of the end of his career. I forget. There was this other guy, Gary Kowazo, when he left or something. So I read up on him. Who's this Gary Kowazo guy? He had, you know, amazing football career as anybody who made it into the NFL collegiate career and all of that shit. Then I read this sad story of how his, now he goes around and he does all these speaking things to try to keep kids off drugs because his kid got involved in that stuff and actually got murdered. I was just like, Jesus. Well, that's a nice, fun story. Well, sorry, i just been going around the league. But having, to, having gone back and looked at all of those champions and then the AFL champions, you know, I got a buddy of mine who's like a Cleveland Brown fan, and he's always fucking whining. Oh, it's like the worst fucking franchise. It's so hard to be a fucking Brown fan. It's like, wait a minute. <clears throat> There's other people in front of you. All right? The, D- the, D- the Detroit Lions. Ain't won it since 1957. The Cleveland Browns won an NFL title in 64, and then they won it in 2000, and then like 2012. They were the Ravens, but it was that franchise. So the city of Cleveland has had a football drought since 1964. However, the Lions have gone since 57. The Cincinnati Bengals have never won it. They've been around since, like, what, the 60s? Paul Brown's fucking Bengals. So, yeah, quit your fucking crying, Cleveland. Um, I'm really basing this off of, like, two or three, four, four Cleveland fans that I know, all who worked at Hilarities. So if they're listening, you know who, I'm t- you, know who you know who you are. Um, anyway, I actually ordered some football cards, and I have those things coming. And back in the day when I was a kid, All right. As everybody back in the day, if you go far enough back that they were actually a kid at some point. Right. Um, I used to just look at those football cards over and over and over again. I couldn't get enough of them. I just found them so fucking fascinating. I didn't realize that it was all seeping into my fucking brain. And that if I had applied that same sort, if I had that same sort of passion towards academia, who knows where I would have gone. I would have gone to Notre Dame. I would have become a lawyer. That's what it would have done. That was the goal. But instead of studying what I needed to study, I studied football cards. So now to this day, I am a 50, almost 52-year-old man, and I'm still buying old football cards off of eBay. <laughs> and um, I'm finally unearthing all of this shit that I have uh, in my office and uh, I found all my old football cards. And my, my wife doesn't know this, but I'm bringing them out of my podcast garage area. And I'm bringing them into the house, into the living room. We have like a bookcase there. And I'm just going to have them on the bottom shelf. And that's going to be my shit. Late at night, all these old football cards from the, the years that I haven't uh before I watch football, I'm just going to look at those things the way I did like when I was a kid. 
You know what? And that's going to get me through this fucking pandemic. That's that's what I'm doing. We all do what we can try to do. Um. Anyway, I'm just fucking around with all the doctor, nurse, fucking open economy shit. I'm really hoping this is going to work. It has to work. It just has to. That's it. It's going to work. And we're just all going to wear gloves and masks and we're all going to fucking go back to work and that's it. And they're going to get a fucking test out to everybody and test everybody. If you fucking have it, stay home and the rest of us go to fucking work. We go to work and we're able to fucking afford to whatever the fuck it was we were doing beforehand. We have to do it. And I think what makes this country great is the fact that when the federal government says you have to do something, after a while the states are like, well, we don't give a fuck because down here in such and such state, we put our fucking duck hunting boots on one rubber foot at a time. I blew my leg off. Um, all right, albums that I've been downloading. I actually downloaded, and I meant to buy this on cassette tape 34 years ago. Um, I bought Cinderella Night Songs. And I'm cleaning my house the other day, right? I had uh, my my Bose headset on, right? This all sounds like I'm fucking sliding advertising in, doesn't it? Um. And I was listening to that. Shake Me. That's the song. That's the hit, as far as I can tell. I've been watching reels, too, so I know a lot about music. Um, so the next thing you know, I got my little ukulele out. I'm figuring out how to play it. Wow. Bam, bam. Bam, bam. Bam, bam. Ba, do, ba, de, ba, de, wow. Um, you always had to have that. Wow, do, do, de, do, do. In every fucking metal song. You know, power chord, pow, power chord, pow, power chord, pow, power chord. And then when you bow, it fucking worked. Um, so that's what I was doing. I was doing that last night and I, I, I don't know what else to fucking tell you. I just this is just I mean, I thought I was going to fucking crush the podcast game during this fucking pandemic because I never really fucking had any guests anyway. So I'm like, everybody else, their shows are going to suffer. But nope. Now I'm seeing this isn't fucking working out. Let me get to some of the advertising here. Oh, for God's sake. Oh, I got a, I got a, I have an ATC uh, podcast promo. Getting Better with Ron Funches. It's a podcast about staying motivated. It's basically the exact opposite of this podcast, as far as I can tell. Staying motivated, reaching goals, and working towards the things you love. I like to think this podcast is also about that in a more rough-and-tumble sort of way. Angry, cunty sort of way. Um, Oh, fuck, here's something I learned about the NFL. Jesus Christ, God help you if you're not a fucking NFL fan. I'm doing what I can, people. I just have to disappear down a dumb hobby, all right? I'm sorry. Um... This is something I did not know. Did you know from 1960 to 1969, the NFL had something called the Playoff Bowl? What the fuck was that, Bill? The losers. The fucking losers of basically the AFC and the NFC title game. Whatever the fuck they called them back then would play each other after the NFL title game. 
and a few years after the All-Star game, which was also the Pro Bowl game. So you had like the NFL title game, then you'd have the All-Star game, and then the week after that was the, the game for third place. And these guys would go out there and play this game, and it was considered an exhibition game, and none of those fucking points and in, 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 uh, stats counted. And you still had to play the game. It was considered like a promo game. Um, and I hate to do this to Lions fans, but the Lions won the most. They were, they were the team of the decade when it came to uh, being in third place. <laughs> Where the fuck is the document? The document. Documentary. The document. I had it here. Hang on a second. Let me find this fucking thing. Um, I wrote down all the winners. In one year, the Packers had to play. And fucking uh, what's-his-face was less than happy. Vince Lombardi called it the shit bowl. <laughs> all right, here we go. Um, oh, I, I wrote it down. Where the fuck is it? Come on. Oh, Jesus. Maybe I didn't. NFL titles by the decade. Oh, I just put the AFL one down. All right. Here's a weird thing about uh, titles. Is in, is in 48 and 49, the Eagles won. 58, 59, uh, the Colts won. Nothing in the, in the 60s. In the 70s, 78, 79, the fucking Steelers won. In 88 and 89, the 49ers won. Isn't that fascinating? Sorry. All right, let's get off the subject. I can feel you guys going like, Bill, are my fucking eyes, my eyes, is, my eyes, is, Bill? Gee, my eyes are, are fucking glazing over here. Let me get back to the, ah, oh, Jesus, don't you hate when you got too many fucking windows open? Come on, Bill. What are you doing here? Um, I got to stop watching, by the way, those fucking animals killing other animals vi- videos. You know, this versus that, you know, this versus the other fucking thing. Because um, I am, uh, I, I, when I go into the backyard, even during the day, I start, I have like, you know, thoughts of coyotes, mountain lions, and bears. Because they do exist out here. Not really bears or mountain lions. Ah, there's a couple of mountain lions. I don't fucking know. I just keep thinking that. Like, what? every time I'm out in the driveway, you know, riding bikes with my daughter, I just I just have my head on a swivel. You know? I just, I, I read something where the, these animals were getting a little more bold because nobody was around and they were reclaiming territory and shit like that. I, I, I don't know. Maybe, uh... All right, Bill, just read the advertising. We, we really, you're supposed to be a beacon of strength. I'm supposed to be one of the heroes that you thank here. You know, putting my sweatpants on one oversized leg at a time. I will ask again, what are the comedians giving? All right, Simply Safe. With all the uncertainty in the world, oh, God, they just have to keep reminding us. Feeling safe at home has never been more important. Well, what are you going to do, climb in your safe? 
It's why I want to talk to you about Simply Safe Home Security. They're longtime friends of the Monday Morning Podcast, and for good reason. This is actually some serious shit, because if they don't reopen the economy, the zombies are going to start coming up your front walk, and you're going to want to know that they're coming up before they realize that you're, you know that they're coming up. And I don't think that you need a, well, maybe you do if they actually have a real gun. I think you can just get a, a, a BB gun with CO2 cartridge and just laugh your ass off. Watching a zombie going, ow, 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 all right, all right, all right, as they fucking leap. Simply Safe has made it easy to finally get comprehensive protection for your home. Didn't I used to do a bit about that? There's no technician or salesperson that needs to come and disrupt your house. You don't need to pay any outrageous monthly fees or sign a two-year contract. Uh, you just order online, set it up yourself in under an hour. And your home is protected 24-7 with emergency dispatch for break-ins, fire, and more. All for just 50 cents a day. And we're not, only, and we're not the only fans of Simply Safe. Oh, this is for all podcasts. I'm not the only fan of Simply Safe. U.S. News and World Report named Simply Safe best overall home security of 2020. Right now, when you need, when you head to simplysafe.com slash burr, my listeners will get free shipping and a 60-day risk-free trial. That's simplysafe.com slash burr to make sure they know that our show sent you from Simply Safe and all of us here wishing you safety and good health. All right. And lastly, but not leastly, ah, oh, look who it is. They've been here since the beginning. Stamps.com. For all our sakes, we need to avoid crowds any way we can right now. How can we use this current situation to show how viable our product is? But what if you need to go to the post office? Oh, my God! What if you need postage to send out letters and packages? Jesus Christ, what do we do? This is classic creating a need with the copy. That's why you need Stamps.com. Anything you can do at the post office, you can do at Stamps.com. Print postage on demand and skip those lines and crowds at the post office. Plus, you can actually save money, uh, save some money with discounts that you can't even get at the post office. You've heard me talk about Stamps.com. They've been sponsoring the show for over seven years now. And if you haven't tried it, what are you waiting for? Stamps.com brings all the services of the U.S. Postal Service right to your computer in the safety and comfort of your own home, office, or anywhere else you are hunkering down right now. Whether you're a small business, sending invoices, an online seller shipping out products, or you're just looking to work from home, that's going to happen a lot, I think, after this um, pandemic is over, right? And need to mail stuff, stamps.com can handle it all with ease. Once your mail is ready, just leave it for your mail carrier, schedule a free package pickup, or drop it in a mailbox. No human contact required. It's that simple. And like I said, with stamps.com, you get great discounts too. Five cents off every first class stamp and up to 40% off USPS shipping, United States Postal Service shipping rates. And right now, in addition to offering discount U.S. Postal Service rates, Stamps.com also offers UPS services with discounts up to 62%. Plus, with Stamps.com, you won't even have to pay UPS residential surcharges. 
Stamps.com. Still going is a no-brainer, especially now, saving you time and money and keeping you safe in these crazy times. Right now, my listeners get a special offer that includes a four-week trial plus free shipping and a digital scale without any long-term commitment. Just go to Stamps.com, click on the microphone at the top of the homepage, and type in Burr, B-U-R-R, all capital letters. That's Stamps.com. Enter Burr. Stay safe, my friends. Uh, we went from stay thirsty, my friends, to stay safe, my friends. Um, what do you guys think after this shit is all over? I saw a thing on Twitter, so you know it's got to be true, was saying that they possibly uh, found some sort of something that stopped it. So we're going to be all good. But my question, my question is, when we go back, was Zoom a fluke? Was it a boy band burning across the sky or does it actually change are businesses going to be looking going you know i don't need office space this big all right people can work from home people are going to start working from home and i'll tell you this right now if you think that'll be great for the environment on so many different levels there'll be less traffic the air will be cleaner the price of gas will go down less people using gas the price goes down. All right? Less planes in the sky. The sky looks bluer. People will be working from home. They will be grazing all day. They will gain weight. They will drop dead. They will be in their houses for days before anybody realizes they haven't checked in at work. Their cats will do what they have to do and start feet. Uh, sorry. Um, I'm wondering that's, if that's going to happen. Because I'm really hoping that with like all things comedy, that we can handle a lot of our meetings, our pitch meetings and all of that via Zoom and be three, four less jackasses driving across L.A. to go pitch a fucking show. I'm really hoping that that's going to happen. And I hope that a lot of these business trips that people will just use video conferencing and save a ton of fucking money. I know this is going to be bad for the airlines, but, uh, you know, we got to do something here, man. I'm fucking watching Jeopardy the other night. And then one of the answers was some sort of fucking uh, glaciers. And then they're like, go see them now before they melt. You know, just giving we're just giving in. That we're going to fuck up the planet? Come on, man. Let's all stay in our houses and eat ourselves to death. Which I know right now is not a fun thing because you can't really go outside without your masks and your gloves on. But once, you know, once everything's opened up, due to the courage of Texas, Georgia, and Orange County, California, and Omaha, Nebraska, um, the heroes, they're going to go out and brave possibly coming home and sneezing on an older person and killing them just to get a slice of cheesecake at the Cheesecake Factory. These heroes, these people, well, he died doing what he wanted to do. (laughs) Going to Steak and Shake and getting a black and white shake. Um, He died doing what he loved. You know, going to Sonic Burger. Having somebody roller skate up to his fucking Ford Pinto. Um, that's when you died too soon and everybody thinks you're a fucking moron, right? 
You died doing what you loved. He died doing what he loved, taking a selfie, hanging off a fucking radio tower. All right, that is the podcast, everybody. Um, I, let's all let's all get together in 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 uh, uh, hold hands uh, fiber optically. How do you say this? Uh, virally, and 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 bow our heads. Go Joel Olstein here and say a prayer for everybody in Orange County, Texas, Omaha, Nebraska, and Georgia. Uh, uh, Jesus, Jesus, uh, in your infinite wisdom and in your long flowing robe, uh, 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 if you could just um, give strength to the people out there, let them, if they're going to get sneezed on, let them dodge them uh, uh, COVID particles and let them get their Oreo cookie slice of cheesecake down there at the mall. Keep them safe and in your minds and in your thoughts and in your prayers this week, ladies and gentlemen. And let's just hope we can reopen the economy and get back out there. All the while, actually, most of us still working from home, so uh, the glaciers don't melt. God bless you and God bless the United States of America. God bless all people, but specifically the people here in this country, because that's where I live. All right. Have a great weekend. Enjoy the music and the bonus Thursday afternoon, just before Friday, Monday morning podcast that will come in right after the music, selected by the great Andy Douglas. And it's the Monday Morning Podcast for Monday, April 30th. Did I just slam the fucking mixer? Now everything's too quiet. Hello, 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 my baby. Hello, my honey. Where the fuck have you been, you fucking hoo It's fucking 2 a.m. Um, what's up? How are you? I'm back from, um, I'm back from the East Coast. Back from the East Coast. I did a wonderful gig at the University of Concord in Concord, New Hampshire. I had an awesome time. I want to thank everybody who came out. I had a great time. And um, um, I don't know what to tell you. It's been a while since I did a college gig. It was actually cool because it was, it was open to the public. Usually when they have college gigs, they, they're not open to the public. In case you were wondering, in case you didn't understand when I said usually they're not open to the public the first time. or Whatever the fuck I said. I don't know what I just said. Usually it's just it's just all going to be students, students, and then a couple of crabby teachers hanging in the background, or maybe some rat of a student who's going to sit there and wait for you to say something, you know, and then write about it and blog about it, and the next thing you know, you're on Good, Mar- Good Morning America. Good morning, America. Right? Who pitched that fucking show? I mean, God knows it's a hit, but Jesus Christ. How did how did you pitch that name of for a show without either without like either snickering as you said the name of the show or having your balls pull up inside of you? I want to do a show nationally syndicated 
and it's it starts at six in the morning and it's called good morning america good morning america how are you why would you do that and we i just want to sit there and be pleasant for three hours you know i took a meeting with somebody the other day yes i just said that that's how hollywood i am i took a meeting and by taking a meeting, I mean, I went out and I got a fucking omelet, sat across from somebody. So they had like fucking toast between their tifas. And um, I don't know. I, I, don't, I, don't think, I don't think it's ever going to happen for me, people. I think I'm going to be like Willie Nelson. I think I'm going to be on the road my whole life, man. Because I got to tell you, got to tell you what. I got that freedom in my bones, man. I fucked up. You know what I mean? I fucked up in my career. How did you fuck up, Bill? I stayed out there too long. You know, like that 43-year-old guy still in the clubs, sucking in his gut with the button-down shiny shirt, still hitting on the ladies. Right? Teeth are already starting to discolor, you know, because you're so old, no matter how much you brush them, they still just after a while. You just can't keep up with the the red wine tide. It just keeps (laughs) turning your teeth just a little grayer. And uh, I stayed out on the road too long. I did. I was a stand-up comic for too long. I fucked up. I fucked up. And now I, I don't know how to work with other people. Because for 20 years it's been, hey, here's an idea. And then I go, yeah, I agree with that. You know why? Because it's my idea. I totally agree with that shit. And now now all of a sudden I'm coming in from, from the fucking bush Right after 20 goddamn tours, and now I got to sit here and try and work with other people. I don't know how to do it. I really shouldn't be saying this on my podcast. But I don't know how to fucking do it. You know, we saw your tape. We really liked it. We thought that you were, we have really mainstream sort of comedy. Uh, I, I really don't think it's mainstream. I say cunt every other word. Yeah, I know, but, but there's a mainstream sensibility to it. And I'm literally sitting there going, all right, this is an argument in fucking six weeks. Right? I don't know. I don't even know what I'm talking about. What the fuck was I going with that? Oh, let's, let's, let's rewind. We were, in, we were in New Hampshire. Beautiful goddamn state, by the way. And the people aren't as simple as they try to make them every year, every four years, you know, when there's a presidential election and they do that little quaint piece about the primaries always start off and state called New Hampshire. And they're a... Uh, down-to-earth kind of fucking people. Whenever they say salt of the earth, down-to-earth, that's their, that's their uh, euphemism for calling you retarded. You know what I mean? There really is sort of a media bias where if you don't live in New York or L.A., you're just considered a fucking moron. <laughs> you know what I mean? All those goddamn shows. You just, you're just a fucking moron. All the goddamn TV shows. You know, there's always this smart person who moved from New York or some major city back to their hometown and everybody there is a fucking retard, right? But um, I don't know. Maybe there's some fucking truth to it. Who the hell knows? So anyways, I'm up in Concord, New Hampshire. Beautiful state. Lush state. Plenty of trees. Plenty of water. Plenty of game and fish. You know, plenty of fatties. Right? They're a food source. They're already marbled. You ever think about that when you look, when you think about yourself as like what kind of shape you're in? Like if someone was to uh, throw you on a grill, like what kind of steak would you be? (laughs) 
You know, would you be a lean cut of meat, you know, make a filet mignon, or would you be a fucking New York strip, a goddamn ribeye? One of those John Candy steaks. I got to tell you, I've been on the fucking road a little bit. Uh... Now, you know what it is? I taped my special, and then I was just like, well, fuck it. I can get fat again because I don't got to worry about being on TV for another two years. So I started eating Sundays. What else did I eat? I just started having lunches like you did when you were in the seventh grade. You know, there's like a bag of Fritos and a soda and some sort of uh, some sort of protein was somehow in there, right? Some bread. Um, anyways, I'm, I'm trying to dance around this fucking subject, but uh, the Bruins lost. Bruins lost. There's nothing like – there's nothing like I, – I don't know. Losing in overtime sucks. But uh, I don't know what it is about hockey. Hockey is just so fucking, it just, it killed you, right? So we lose. But I got to be honest with you, the Capitals were definitely the better team. I felt they were, they were the better team pretty much every game. This guy, Kevin DuPont, for the Boston Globe, wrote a great article where he just basically summed up the series where they just were always a little better, a little quicker, had a little better defense, a little better forechecking, just a little better everything. So they deserve it. Fucking pricks. Um, <clears throat> so then what happens, right? The overtime goal for people who aren't hockey fans was scored by a guy who was not white. He was not Asian. Uh, it was a black guy scored the goal, right? So then, like, you know, it's game seven. It's in Boston. Boston loses. So right then, you know, what's going to happen? All the fucking racists come out of the woodwork. They text, like, goddamn 100 of those things. Things just calling the guy the N word, like you're talking like like shit that they would cut out of the script in like Mississippi Burning, going like, all right, you know what, that's too fucking harsh. So I start getting all these uh, emails going, dude, what's up with all the racist Boston fans and blah blah blah, trashing me, and I'm like, oh, isn't this hilarious? You know, this is hilarious. So basically, you're not supposed to judge all by a few. But it's okay to do it in this direction. So I'm on my fucking high horse, right? So I go back to Boston. Just so happens this weekend, and I'm hanging out. One night I have off in Boston. And I hate to admit it. I heard the N-word twice, and I heard it alluded to another time. And I just finally had to, I had to fucking go home. You know? I'm not saying it's worse than Alabama, but I don't think it's any better. It's fucking brutal. Granted. I did go to a moron bar. It was the gene pool I was in, but I, I, you know, I can't defend it. I can't defend it anymore. It's fucking embarrassing. Um, I don't know. It's fucking embarrassing. Good morning, America. How are you? All right, let's get on with the fucking, uh, and unbelievably ignorant too. You know, I just fucking, I, I just, I, for the life of me. Uh, I don't get it. One of the guys had a lazy eye, too. That's what killed me. <laughs> you know, it's like, dude, have you looked in uh, two mirrors simultaneously and seen what you're looking at? How, how, what the fuck are you looking down on anybody? Now, now what? So now I got to trash people with lazy eyes to get my point across that I don't appreciate racist people? I'm a fucking idiot myself. But you know what? I'm, gonna, I'm doing something about it. Unlike those morons I ran to back in my fucking embarrassing city over the weekend. Um, I'm sick of not having a good science background. So I actually went to a bookstore, one of the few remaining bookstores out there. 
And uh, I bought a book on how to rebuild a carburetor. And I also bought a book on the elements. It's hilarious. It's this big, giant book. Um, and my mind is already blown because this shit is like magic to me. Telling me that, that my foot, that everything's made out of matter. What the fuck did it say? The earth, this book, your foot, everything is tangible. Everything tangible is made of elements. Your foot is made mostly of oxygen with quite a bit of carbon joining it, giving it structure to the organic molecules that define you as an example of carbon-based life. I was like, that just fucking blew my mind. I didn't know it was carbon in me. Carbon fiber. I don't even know what carbon fiber, what do they do? Isn't that like in, in bulletproof vests? This is how dumb I am. I have no idea. So then I'm sitting there going, so does that mean you can kind of shoot me in the foot? You know, with some sort of low caliber gun and it's, it's going to ricochet off? Or if it goes through, does all the air come out? <laughs> I just don't get it. I don't fucking get it, all right? I've gone on these fucking websites I try and read about how a plane flies. I swear to God, Wikipedia, it's hilarious. Like, you know, when, you, when you're reading about trying to figure out how a goddamn plane flies, they have, uh, you know, they'll have whatever. They'll have, like, you know, two pages on the shit, basically explaining how it goes down. And, like, every paragraph has, like, two words highlighted in case you don't know what that means. And I have to click on every word. So I'll click on a word, and then they start to define that, and then it's the same thing. It's another page of shit. Where every paragraph, there's three more things highlighted. And then I got to click on that thing. And I just keep getting further and further away from how the fucking plane flies. And I get all the way down to like page one of Wikipedia. It's goddamn like, you know, scratch and sniff picture with some lady with like a sock puppet trying to explain to me. <laughs> let's, just, let's just start really, really slow, Bill. Um, I'm sick of it. All right. Um, I think there's something. I don't know what's going on with my truck. It hesitates in first gear. First gear. So I thought it was the clutch. Someone else says it could be the clutch or it could be in your carburetor. So I start reading up on carburetors, right? And the whole fucking, the whole philosophy, create a vacuum and, and, and whatever that word is when you turn a liquid into a goddamn mist. And at the end of it, I'm just looking at this thing going, this is just a bunch of fucking screws and springs. You know, why don't I just go to the junkyard, get one, take it apart and put it back together and just keep reading these fucking books. And eventually, at some point, it has to click, right? So that's what I'm doing. I went on eBay because I'm too fucking lazy. Because I'm a fucking Hollywood phony. Rather than go down to a salvage yard, you know, I'm going to fucking just go on eBay and bid on some old carburetor. Ugh. That's going to be a fight. When that thing shows up, it's going to be a little box. Nia's going to see it and think I bought her something nice. Oh, it has a lot of weight to it. It's got to be expensive. I wonder if it's shiny. And then she's going to open it up. And there's going to be some old fucking, <laughs> fucking old-ass carburetor. You know, I don't know. Can you guys at least give me points for trying? Does that work? How about Paul Verzi last week, everybody, who became a father again today? Congratulations to New Jersey's own Paul Verzi. Had a beautiful baby girl today. Uh, how about how much did he kill it last week? You know, people be the most people. Ninety percent of people loved him, and then there was people who weren't into sports, and they thought it was like the worst podcast ever. 
I had some fucking douchebag from across the way. Uh, I don't know where he was, over in Europe or something. And he goes, why don't you just call your podcast a sports podcast? Just so you know, you're losing all of your foreign listeners. Right? Like he speaks for all of fucking Swahili. I hate when people do that shit. And it was one fucking goddamn podcast. And I've talked about sports every fucking podcast. All right, you selfish cunt. How fucking unfunny are the people in your country that you have to go all the way across the Atlantic Ocean to find a podcast to listen to, you jackass? Let me tell you something, uh, a person from another country. Don't fucking threaten me. All right, you cunt. I don't give a fuck if you listen to this or not. I really don't. So don't send me fucking Twitter messages like, like I'm sitting here shaking. All right? I don't need you to continue to make no money. You ever thought about that? Fucking sitting here buying used goddamn carburetors. You're going to sit there and threaten me like you're taking something away from me? Go fuck yourself with your wooden shoes. Huh? What, do you live in Greece or something? You're mad at me because of your fucking economy? What the hell is going on over there? I don't understand how that whole thing collapsed. Everybody rioted. and uh, But still, everybody's still fine. You know? People are eating. They're not happy, but, you know, they're out there having a uh, Greek salad. Do they call it a Greek salad over there? Or do they just say, let me get a salad? You know? Or like uh, like that's like in uh, in Philly. They go, let me get a cheesesteak. They don't go, let me get a Philly let me get a Philadelphia cheesesteak. Let me get a steak on a stale bun with fucking uh, cheese whiz. Jesus Christ, no other people are so fat and ugly in that goddamn city, huh? Um, they won the other day, right? Philadelphia is a big win. Danny Breer. It's the only time I've ever seen a guy score two goals in one overtime. He did the impossible. First time he did it, he was a cheetah. You know? There was a kicking motion. I was in a bar actually drinking when that happened, listening to people say racist things to me. Dude, it's bad enough that they lost, but then the guy who scored, it was like fucking insult to injury. You know what I'm saying, kid? And I was like, what are you, one of those fucking racists on Twitter? Oh, no, no, dude, no, I'm just, you know, I'm just saying. I like when people do that, they, they fucking backtrack. The ignorance of what people were saying to me. Yeah, dude, you hear about so-and-so? Yeah, he got two fucking kids, and then his wife went gay. <laughs> Swear to God, direct quote. His wife went gay, yeah, she's fucking abroad now. Fucking sucks, kid. <laughs> went gay. Um, you know, like, like you, I went to the store. Then I went to the post office, and then I went gay. That's, that's what happens. There's a little, there's a store down there. There's a little homosexuality store that you can go to. Um, fuck, jaw-droppingly stupid. Not saying everybody. The irony is that Harvard is there. That's the funny thing at MIT and all that, you know. So Boston has this weird fucking sort of like, you know, couple people who are really smart. And then the rest of us are... Uh, it's, it is goodwill hunting, except we're not good at math. <laughs> oh, that stupid fucking movie. Jesus Christ, he's a genius at math, and he goes around beating the shit out of people. When was the last time a mathlete went around bullying 
people, you know? And then what? An accountant who can do 30 pull-ups? What, what else? What else? I mean, how, how much of a fucking leap am I supposed to make in these goddamn movies? You know what line I hate the most in Goodwill Hunting? I know I brought this up before. Is when fucking uh, they're in the therapy session. And, uh, you know, he's got the hammer, the wrench. And I said, I took the fucking wrench because, you know, fuck him, right? Um, or whatever the fucking line is. And then they ask, he asked Robin Williams what he's benching. And he says 260. <laughs> There's no way that was written in the script. How much power does Robin Williams have that the director won't be like, hey, Robin, can you drop that number down a little bit so this movie can stay remotely believable? 260, what, after you add up benching 70 pounds 10 times? Wait, 70 pounds 10, that's 700. Ah, what? Let's, let's go back to the book of elements here. Um, anyways, plowing ahead. Um, this is the Monday morning podcast, by the way. And a lot of you have been, a lot of you have been giving me shit, by the way, because lately they haven't been coming out. I have a phenomenal fucking excuse that you're going to understand in about ten months as to why I was late. All right, you cunts. Why do you call it the Monday morning podcast? Because I record them on Monday mornings, except when I'm busy. And I love, for the most part, I get the fucking thing out. You know, right, right now it's ten thirty Monday morning, my time when I'm doing this fucking thing. So it is the Monday morning podcast in my fucking world. Can you stop making it about yourself? And then every once in a while, once in a fucking blue moon, I'm so busy I can't get it done until a Tuesday, and all these fucking cunts come out of the woodwork. Why don't you go to fucking Wednesday afternoon? Why don't you go fucking slap your mom? Why don't you do that a couple of times? Forehand, backhand, forehand, and then just fucking give her one of those little nose twisties for being dumb enough to not be on birth control. All right, advertising advice. Uh, hey, Bill, instead of telling people to go to your podcast page and click on the Amazon link, tell them to go to your podcast page, clear the cookies on their browser, then click the Amazon.com link. As soon as they get there... Add the page to their bookmarks. Then every time they visit Amazon.com from the bookmarks, their bookmarks, it's the same as clicking the link on your page without actually having to go there. It's the fucking future, man. That's what he wrote. Um, yeah. If my listeners are smart enough to do that, I don't know. How, how do you clear the cookies? How do you do that? I don't know how to do it. I bought a new laptop, by the way, everybody, and it's the most annoying thing ever is now I don't know how to do anything. You know, I, I can't fucking do anything anymore. I, I want to I can't even figure out how to fucking put a photo up to make it my screensaver. I don't know how to do it now because now it's completely fucking different on the new Mac Book Pro. You know, I, I don't understand these fucking computers. It's like, you know, I go out and I buy a car. Yeah, it's a little faster. Technology's a little, but I still know how to drive it. Gas, brake, put it in drive. You know, this not these fucking cunts. Not old fucking uh, no-belt Magoo there, whatever the fuck his name is, the guy with the new balance who finally died, thank God. That douchebag, always switching everything up, never having the chargers fit the old phone, all his shit going into the ocean. You know, I love how that guy, like, used to compare himself to Gandhi. Uh, did Gandhi, did he have, like, a sweatshop of people jumping to their deaths because they were making Gandhi fucking iPads? That guy had a lot of balls, man. You know? He really did with his turtleneck and his salt and pepper pubes. I really didn't like him. Uh, been a pothead for 10 years. Here we go. 
here we go. 20 minutes in. Been a pothead for 10 years. Uh, hey, Bill, I'm a comedy junkie, among other things, and I really appreciate your show. Well, thank you very much. Um, it helps me get through my commute. Uh, and the awkwardness of working in a law firm. And I just want to say I appreciate your show. It's really a release for me. Um, why is it awkward working in a law firm? Has that word awkward just kind of lost all meaning? Is that like the default adjective everybody goes everybody goes to now? Hey, ran into your girlfriend the other night in the bar. Awkward. Why was it awkward? It's a bar. It was what, what happened in there that was awkward? You work in a law firm. Why is that awkward? That sounds like a very good job. Why am I speaking like a robot? Um, anyways, but anyway... I've smoked weed on and off, taking year breaks here and there since about 2001 when I was in high school. However, when I did smoke, I smoked every day, multiple times a day. It really didn't affect me much until recently. About eight years of this, after about eight years of this, when I turned 25, I started to notice some slowness physically, mentally, and just in everything I did. I hated it. Uh, but I didn't want to stop smoking. I could very well stop easily, but I'd always feel like I'd be happier high. I remember you talking about some guy you knew who freaked out when he found out he couldn't smoke when you took him on a road trip. That is a little extreme to me, and I am nowhere near that type of personality. I'm now 26, and I'm slowly, slowing down quite a bit to just once a night, if at all. <clears throat> we can also get expensive the more you smoke. I think smoking is okay. But if you haven't, then I wouldn't because it's sort of like beer where it starts off as nothing and ends up as a crutch. Anyways, I just feel like if you smoke, that's fine. But be organized about it and make sure it's not affecting your personality or other types of interaction or whatever. Honestly, I wish I never smoked in my life because it's so hard to look at someone smoking it and not want to ask for a toke. If anyone who smokes weed wants some advice, mine would be move to California, get a card, smoke your heart out, and find out how positive slash negative it really is. At least this way, you're doing it legally. I know because I, I know this because I did it. Not for the weed, more for a girlfriend, but I digress. And if anyone cares, Girl Scout cookies are the shit. By the way, if you thought I was white, I'm not. I'm Chinese. All right. I think he was a little high when he wrote the, that last paragraph. He's, by the end of it, he's just fucking – he's eating cookies, <laughs> getting paranoid. They think I'm white, man. Um, yeah, I think well, I think weed is – it's just like I, – I think in a lot of ways it's like booze in that, uh, you know, you have a beer here, you have a beer there. It's not a big deal. But, if yeah, it starts consuming your life. I mean that's a major statement. Like, you know, I, I could not smoke weed, but I just feel I would be happier if I did. Um, for some reason with weed, people don't really see that as that's like a major red flag. It's just not considered, that's actually considered funny and like logical. But like, if I said, you know, I don't have to drink, but I just feel like my life is happier when I do, or I'd be happier if I was drunk. You know what I mean? Or people will get like high before they go in to go to work and they're kind of like high for the first couple hours. Like that would be like me shotgunning a couple of beers in the parking lot. I mean, just picture that, you know, <laughs> he's walking by and you see your boss, you catch him mid like, you know, he's looking out of his peripheral as he's sucking on the side of a bud tall, you know, 
I don't know. I think it, it, it's definitely like anything. It can't be good to sit there putting all that fucking smoke in your lungs the same way. Uh, I don't know. I think the, the danger about alcohol is when you're fucking up your liver. I don't think you really notice until it's fucked up. Whereas, like, I think if you smoke a lot, you kind of, oh, my God, I'm really winded. This is really affecting me. I think, like, your liver is, uh, you know, only recently I, I started learning about how bad booze. I mean, you always hear that cirrhosis of the liver, but I, th- I mean, I thought you literally had to be walking around with a glass in your hand all the time. And I, I know a number of guys who are, uh, you know, dealing with that shit now. And uh, oof. lemon, put lemon in your water, clears out your fucking liver. Um, so what was, what was actually your point here? Been a pothead for 10 years. You're just ex- sharing your experience as you rolled up another one and got super paranoid. Um, all right, cheating whore. Here's a great story. Bill, I want to thank you for helping me out with a really hard time in my life. Um, I'm 24 years old, a student at a university, and I had a girlfriend. Could this font be any fucking smaller? Uh, and I had a girlfriend two years younger than me. We were going out for seven months. She's working at a local cafe, and about three weeks ago, out of the fucking blue, comes to me and tells me that a regular at the cafe was hitting on her. She told me that she had a boy. She told him that she had a boyfriend, and was reassuring to me that nothing was going on. But we had some problems in our relationship that we needed to fix because she felt good with all the flirting, and she didn't want to cheat on me. Wait a minute. But we had some problems in our relationship that we needed to fix because she felt good with all the flirting. And she didn't want to cheat on me. Oh, so she liked this guy hitting on him. Oh, Jesus. Anyways, he says, I took that shit hard and I told her I would do anything, do anything to make her happy, even though she knew I loved her. So I did. I gave her all my time and energy to make her happy. Oh, there you go. There's a fucking recipe for misery. Fuck all my dreams. Let me sit here and cater to your emotions, you cunt. Um, that was the cliff notes. Um, anyways, then one week ago, she calls me and breaks up with me. Tells me that she fucked with that guy because she was developing strong feelings for me and was scared that I would hurt her. Ah, Jesus Christ. You got to give it up to him. You got to give it up. Women are like, they're, a guy has to learn how to be a pimp. Women just naturally know how to do it. And I swear to God, it all comes down to the fact that they can't beat the shit out of us. The fact that we could beat the living shit out of a woman is what kills us in an argument because you're taking solace in something that you're never going to do. You know, it's this card you're never going to play, hopefully, unless you're a fucking animal. Um, Meanwhile, they're developing themselves mentally and figuring out how you work psychologically. And they're just like, I really think once you're in a, once you're in a relationship, um, just to make it fair to help the guy, I think like three days a week, or at least during the arguments, like the second the argument starts, the woman should always have on like tearaway clothes and she pulls them off and then she's immediately dressed like Hannibal Lecter. You know, that ice cream man outfit that he had, you know, has her hair slicked back. So you just really know what you're fucking with. That is brilliant. Can you imagine trying to say that to your girl? Listen, I fucked this hottie at work, but it's only because I care about you so much and I was worried that you were going to hurt me because my love for you is so deep. Jesus. You know what? I think I would high-five her. I'd high-five her and knock a couple of her fucking press-on nails off. That was a good one. So anyways, 
He goes, I know, it's fucking retarded. I lost my mind. I went to the cafe and I beat the shit out of that guy. Wow. Mainly because if I didn't, I was going to beat her and she didn't deserve to find any excuse. What? Mainly because if I didn't, I was going to beat her and she didn't deserve to find any excuse. And because he was an a-hole for hitting on a girl who was in a relationship. Um, yeah, dude, I don't know about that. I don't know about that. He's doing what a guy does. A guy goes around and tries to fuck women, okay? He's not in a relationship with her, and he's certainly not in a relationship with you. The person who is wrong in that is the woman, you know? Now, if that guy knows you or you came down and you gave him a warning, you know, came down with your Clint Eastwood eyes all squinted up, stay away from her, you know? You did one of those, and then he didn't, then that's on him. But you just come out of nowhere. Can you please elaborate on that? Like, what was he doing? Was he down at the restaurant, like, you know, making a fucking egg over easy, and all of a sudden you came walking in? <laughs> Did you beat him down the street like fucking uh, Sonny and the Godfather? Did you, you throw him into some, like, trash, little trash can lid or something like that? Like one of those fucking the whole, whole goddamn fucking neighborhood season? Um, I actually respect it in a way, but you shouldn't do it because then you get sued. And then she actually feels like she's right. See, I knew he was crazy. Um, now the bitch is blaming me for making a scene. Oh, there it is. And because her boss, her bosses look at her and think she is a whore. If she, if she didn't, if she didn't thought about the, if she didn't think about the consequences, why should I? Was, was I in the wrong? I don't want to regret what I did because she deserved it. All I did was love her, and she slept with another guy. It fucking hurts, man. It really does. I can't move on. Thank you for hearing me out. All right. You know what? Um, when I said you shouldn't have beat the, beat the guy up, that, that was for you. That had nothing to do with her. I just don't want you to get sued or go to jail or, uh, you know, you know, you get a fucking record. I mean, dude, you're, 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 you made a move there. That could alter your future. And believe me, dude, there's a great thing about whores is when you really, there's a, I mean, this is going to hurt like hell, but there's going to be a moment where you're going to find this fucking hilarious. You really, you got to believe me on this one. At some point, you're going to be talking about it out loud to your friends, and you're just going to say the situation out loud that you were in. And there'll be enough time has gone by that your feelings for this girl have faded. And it's almost like it's somebody else and you're going to laugh at yourself. And then you're going to laugh at the whole fucking thing. And it's probably going to hit you that it was that. Why did I risk going to jail? Maybe, you know, I don't have, have like a felony or something like that on your record. Like, dude, this isn't the mother of your kids. All right, you can't trust this girl as far as you can fucking throw her. You know? You can't. As far as you could fucking pick her up by the back of her fucking G-string and the scruff of that awful tattoo on the back of her neck that if she doesn't have it, she's going to get it at some point. And you, you can't trust her. You can't trust her. So you just got to get through the bullshit and you're going to be fine. But in the future, dude, I would not go. I mean, you just basically... Uh, you're like the transporter for real. You just you did you did like the movie version of what everybody wants to do in that situation, but you did it for real and you somehow got away with it. 
Uh, did you split your fucking slacks when you threw that high kick to his fucking cheekbone? <laughs> I just read that recently. I read an article about that guy, Jason Statham, how uh, he has to have special pants on because he can kick his legs so fucking high. You can't do that in a suit without it ripping. Now, if I was directing the movie, I would be like, dude, that's going to make this fucking movie so much better that if you're standing there in some Anderson little suit and you're kicking so much ass, your slacks are literally disintegrating <laughs> off your fucking legs. How funny would that be? Then he's standing there in the end, his fucking his slacks are looking like, you know, the Hulk's pants, right? Bill Bixby's pants after he turns into the Hulk. That, oh, that's, that, that would be the funniest fucking thing ever. No, but it would be all like the inseam and the crotch, but like down by the bottom. Ah, I would totally have it. I'd be like, dude, we got to do this with real slacks, and you have to wear knee-high black socks with fucking sock garters. Just we'll, we'll just do one like this, Jason. Can we just do one like this? Um, yeah, dude, you you did the, you went the real deal on this. So uh, luckily, you got away with it. Um, and I think it's great that everybody knows that she's a fucking whore. And, um, dude, just the fact that, look, she fucked around and immediately tried to put the guilt on you. Then you went down there and beat the shit out of that guy because she's a whore. And now she's coming back at you once again, blaming you. So this, this was, would have been the, the, uh, the cycle that you would, you would have had if, if you decided to, uh, share your life with this person. They would constantly be hurting you and then blaming you, saying that you were the reason. And I swear to God, you know what's fucking awful is there's guys out there in relationships like that. Just allowing these women to do shit like this, you know? But it's never talked about on TV because it's considered misogynistic. Because it's not every woman doing it. It's not every woman. That's just a select few. Yeah, I know. So are the guys who beat the shit out of women. Those are a select few. Doesn't stop you from talking about it, nor should it. All right there, hypothetical talk show host that I'm, I'm sitting across from. Um, all right. Let's do some advertising, everybody. Hey, are you ready? Are you ready for some advertising? Sit on down, everybody. Get out a fucking pencil. What the hell is it? I'm the goddamn worst. I had this whole fucking thing set up. There it is. All right. Hey, everybody. Stamps.com. I think you got this one memorized at this point. But I got to tell you, I have new listeners every week. Um, you know, last week I was in uh, my podcast actually was quoted in. Uh, is that a fucking ant? What the fuck is that? I never know if I got to see. This is what I want to do. I want to learn more about insects. Now, do I kill this one? And then that means I have more insects because this thing is eating the other ones. It's like a miniature ladybug. Lady. Um, you know, last week, my podcast was actually quoted and featured in uh, Star Magazine. So there you go. All right. So I know I have some new listeners. All right. So here's the advertising. Um, once again. From the wonderful people at Stamps.com, everybody. Hold on to your hats. They're about ready to make your life a whole lot easier. Um, what do we got here? Stamps.com. It's, it's so easy and so convenient. You can print official U.S. postage using your own computer and printer. I know that because I do that. This is how I send out all my DVDs, everybody. Every damn weekend when I'm going to go out the week before, I got my DVDs. I put on my little, little visor. I got my little scale. 
Bing, bang, boom. I can do it whenever I want, 24-7, whenever I want to. There's no more going, oh, damn it, I should have gone to the post office. The post office is always open because it's in your apartment. Um, anyways, this is the deal. Right now, you go to stamps.com. They have a special offer from my listeners, my followers, uh, my cult. Use my last name, Burr, B-U-R-R, for a no-risk trial, plus a $110 bonus offer that includes a digital scale and up to $55 in free postage. All right? Can't, you can't lose. Don't wait. Go to Stamps.com before you do anything else. I don't care if your baby's crying. Click on the radio microphone at the top of the homepage and type in Burr, B-U-R-R, that's stamps, Stamps.com, enter Burr, and you, know, you don't have to go to the post office anymore for the rest of your life. You can cut that out. You know, when you, you finally have a day off from work, right? You get it? You don't have to go anymore. It's phenomenal. I'm waiting for DMV.com. That's what I'm waiting for. I know they have a website. I can't figure it out. All right? Which, once again, shows you how awesome stamps.com is because I can actually figure it out, and I'm a moron. There you go. All right. Friends whore problem. Cheating whore friends. A lot of whore stuff this week. You know, if I was into the stars, the lovely Nia, everybody, where you going? Are you going to go work out? All right. I'll see you later. Bringing the dog down. What's up, puppy? What's up, puppy? Oh, Bojangles. You know what's great about a pit bull is you can really throw them around. You know? That's right. I was hanging at a friend's house, and he had this little cute little dog. And I swear to God, this thing must have weighed like, like two pounds. I, I was like afraid to touch it. After messing with this thing, my dog's made out of titanium. Dude, you smell. You need a bath. You know? Hey, codependent, why don't you go lay down over there? All right? And don't step on my book about the elements. Cleo, lay down. Lay down. Why do they always got to walk around for like 20 seconds in a circle before they figure out how they're going to lie down? What's the deal? Uh, friends, whore problem. Mr. Burr, I love the podcast and would really appreciate some advice regarding my best friend and me. Uh, okay. Let's try and guess where this is going. Either your best friend is dating a whore or your best friend is a whore. If your best friend is a whore, why wouldn't you want to fuck her? Why don't I just read it? All right. Let me start with some background information. My best friend and I have known each other since I can remember. But recently... I'm almost at the point of losing contact with him because he acts like a fucking idiot over some douchebag girl. He's never been a ladies' man, so he's been on and off with this one this one cunt for quite a while. Oh, yeah, he's hanging on to it. He's hanging on to it. That's what he's doing. Yep, he's afraid another one's not going to come along, and he's clinging to that that one piece like that, uh, like Leonardo at the end of uh, Titanic. Um... And he's going to have the same fate. And this girl always used to have a boyfriend. Always has to have a boyfriend. Cheats on them all the time. Not exaggerating. High school dropout. And she loves any drama she can get. Jesus Christ. She loves any drama she can get her grimy, cum-covered hands on. I hate this whore very much. Yeah, in case we didn't understand that with the first six sentences. Uh, there are not enough adjectives in the dictionary or synonyms in the fucking thesaurus to describe this piece of shit. So now to the story. A couple of months ago, she dumped her boyfriend and a day later started dating my best friend. Nobody in our group of friends liked her, and she always acted like she was miserable while dating my friend. Weeks after 
them dating. Uh, the old cum dumpster is pregnant. Oh, uh, get a paternity test immediately. Get one of them little swabby swabs. Uh, he came. Anyways, he came inside. All right, dude. Jesus, we get it. All right. He based. Let me let me try and clean this up. Uh, he had unprotected sex with her to completion. Uh, because she told him it's almost impossible for her to get pregnant. My friend is an idiot for falling for that. So instantly he jumped into marrying this girl at, at the age of 19 and dating only three or four weeks. What the fuck? She went to the doctor and they told her she had been pregnant almost two weeks prior to him busting inside her and how she and how she acted. She, she knew this. I don't know how she was acting. She knew this the whole time. Also, the boyfriend before my friend busted inside her many times, obviously. So lo and behold, this slut runs to her ex because he's the dad. So she got the drama she wanted. Now, well, that's good then. So this kid's not getting stuck with the kid. Now, several months later, my friend is back to talking to this girl, and this is where I'm pissed off beyond belief. He still somehow likes this girl that played him, acted like a complete bitch while dating him, and cheated on him while dating. He thinks the kid might be his and also said if it is his, he would get back together with her. So the advice I'm asking is – so the advice – dude, you guys – come on, man. Do a little uh, proofread here. So the, the advice I'm asking for is how do I tell my friend to quit talking to this pathetic human being and quit being a douche about thinking about that baby might be his when obviously it's not and move on with his life because that girl will never be happy and never stop being a cunt. I've tried to tell him to not talk to her and if she wants a paternity test uh, when it's born to take care of the whole thing. But Bob, I don't even need to read the rest of this. Thanks, Mr. Burr. I really appreciate your advice on how to get him to stop being a douche. Uh, you can't help him. You can't help this kid. I mean, these aren't little drama moments. This is the biggest drama you could possibly have at 19 when it comes to dating. All right? And um, you would think that after he went through the, oh, my God, she's pregnant, and then found out it was somebody else's, that he wouldn't keep coming back. This dude has major fucking problems. He needs to go see a therapist. It's not on you. All right? It's not on you. What are you going to do? You're going to jump in the car with him and try and grab the wheel from him? As he pulls back and takes you over the cliff with him. Fuck it. It's not your problem. It's the good fella's moment. He's content to be a jerk. Let him be a jerk. It's out of your hands. You know? And if you don't want to look at it, I would just stop hanging out with him. What are you, what are you supposed to do? What are you supposed Everybody, you know something? I hate to say this. For the most part, everybody has one guy like that in their crew. There's always one guy who's going to marry the whore and find out 15 years later that it's not his kid and... You know, and there's going to be one one person in your crew that's going to try and tell him that, and the kid's going to flip out and not talk to him at all. And then 15 years later, they'll run into each other in a bar and be like, "Yeah, you were kind of you were kind of right." So, what are you going to do? I mean, what the fuck more does this kid need? He's an idiot. That kid is an idiot. You know, so he might as well marry an idiot because that cancels both of them out and it saves a decent human being on both sides, you know? I, I, I don't know what to tell you. He's just psyched if anybody will fuck him regardless of the situation. And she's a whore, so she knows, she, you, know, you know she's fucking his brains out. 
So I really don't have anything funny to say about that. That's just, that's fucking awful. It's got to suck for you because that's your friend. But, uh, you know, you're going to lose some friends in life. <laughs> I got to tell you, there's, there's, there's a number of different ways you lose friends in life. Uh, you know, the awful ways they die or uh, you fuck around with their women or they fuck around with your women. Uh, there's the you're dating someone who's doing shit like this person. And then there's the other ones where, you know, you start doing well in life and they're not. And then they resent you or the other way around. Maybe you're the resentful cunt, but you're going to lose some friends. So you lost one because you're not going to be able to hang out with this kid anymore. Um, I don't know. Just I don't know what to tell you, dude. You fuck. He's where the fuck is his dad? Where's his mom? Where are the people like advising this kid? Jesus Christ. I, I would fucking lock that kid up in the, in the, the room, room above the garage like a heroin addict. And I just keep giving him chicken noodle soup until he got over this fucking chick. Um, I don't know. Jesus, I hope this one's fucking upbeat. Shitty uncle. <laughs> um, shitty uncle. Hey, Bill. I'm a lady listener. And before I jump into it here, I just want to say that as a female listener, I don't have a problem with any of your women trashing. Hey, nice to see someone has a sense of humor. Uh, I think the only women that get offended or insulted by what you talk about are the ones who can relate to or feel they reflect in some way what you're talking about. Ah, sometimes. And then sometimes I am a moron. But I appreciate you uh, actually seeing that. Um, Anyways, maybe you're talking about the gold-digging whores or just overall annoyance of women. Clearly, that's not all women. But ones who send you shitty emails feel like you're speaking of them because they are like that. Fuck them. Fuck them. I think it's hilarious. Absolutely ridiculous when one listener out of a thousand takes one thing you talk about and tries to make it personal. What a bunch of cunts. You know what? This weekend when I did my show and I closed with my gold digging whores bit, uh, I was selling DVDs afterwards, you know, whoring myself out, showing a little bit of leg as I do. And um, this couple came up and the woman paid and some other woman yelled, yelled as she walked by. Yeah, you saw who just paid. You saw who just paid. And I used to take the bait on that, and I, I just laughed. I just laughed, and I, it warmed my heart knowing that I annoyed the shit out of her with my closing 10-minute gold-digging whore bit. Um, so anyways, here we go. So here's the family problem I'd appreciate your perspective on. I've got this absolute, absolute asshole of an uncle. He's a recovered alcoholic who's landed himself a wife with money. Oh, Jesus. The guy's been a con man since I can remember. It's just that now he's a sober con man. Yeah, I really don't like addicts, generally speaking. Generally speaking, they're some of the most selfish motherfuckers on the planet, and they do some of the most inconsiderate shit that you could possibly do. And anytime you call them on it, they always say, sorry, I just got a lot of shit coming up now. I mean, just a lot of stuff is coming up. Uh, uh, I don't know. I'll probably get some fucking letters on that. Emails. No one writes letters anymore. So anyways, uh, he's always been a fucking annoying, fucking annoying and arrogant. But recently, he fucked my parents for money. My fa- parents felt heartbroken and betrayed over this. I've always hated him and hate him even more now that he made my mother cry and made my father angry. In order to stay in my father's good graces, he threw my mother and I under the bus in an email to my dad one day saying everything was our fault. I was glad when my father finally told him off 
and said not to contact me or my mother again. Well, here's my question. How the fuck did you know that he was a piece of shit con man before they did? Uh, A few weeks ago, I had to go to my grandfather's birthday. My mom and dad couldn't make it, so my boyfriend and I went alone. I didn't acknowledge my uncle when I said hi to everyone and kept my distance. Throughout the day, he kept interrupting any conversation I was having with other relatives to make an obnoxious joke about me or Philly. I live in Philly and love it. Uh, My uncle is from Philly but lives in New York and now is all about it. Yankees, cheesecake, and all. Uh, He trashes Philly all the time, which pisses me off because he knows I like it there. He even went up to my boyfriend who was wearing an Eagles hat and started talking shit to him. Um, She goes, yeah, I know that might be justified there. Um, Everything he did was rude and disrespectful. He never said hello or asked about my mom and dad. When I left, I was angry for days, and I didn't say anything to him or call him out. So my question to you, Bill, is should I say something to my shitty uncle next time? He's always been a loudmouth son of a bitch, but uh, now it's a personal. But now it's personal and fucking rude that he continues to do it when he knows I know all this shit. Sometimes they think he still looks at me as this little girl niece. But blah 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 blah. I don't need to read any more of this. What do you think? Any words of wisdom would help. Love the podcast. Thanks in advance. Well, what you should have said was you should have announced to the entire party. My uncle is being rude to me because he fucked my parents out of money. Just something. Just throw his fucking, throw his dirty laundry right out there. Just say, why are you being rude to me? Why are you deliberately being rude to me right now? I don't know. It's weird. You can't like call him like a piece of shit. Um, I don't know, but he won because he made you angry and he ruined your day. Why don't you just be condescending to him? Every time he talks, you'd be like, oh, you're adorable. Hey, who'd you fuck over today? You know, I heard they have an old folks home down the street. They like playing checkers. Maybe you can play some checkers or tiddlywinks with them and steal their money. You know, just do shit like that. Hey, a good joke from the alcoholic over here, everybody. I would just do stuff like that. Just throw his shit right in his face. No, you know what you do is you say all this shit, but you just be really nice. Oh, my God, my uncle, my favorite relative who's an alcoholic. I, I got to tell you, people, out of all the people who've stolen money from my parents, this guy here is my favorite. Just do shit like that. You just keep complimenting him as you're calling him an absolute piece of shit. Who can't handle their booze? Ah, I still love you anyways. I just start drinking a beer right in front of him. Oh, God damn it, is that delicious. Hey, you want one? Come on, you know you do. Oh, that's right. You can't handle it. Who's a little baby? Then you just pinch his fat fucking booze cheeks. Just I, I would do, do shit like that. Just annoy him back. But don't sit there in silence and let this guy fucking do that to you. You know? Fuck, are these levels too goddamn low? Too low. Hello. Hello. You know, I, I rented that movie uh, To Kill a Mockingbird. I finally watched that movie. And I got to be honest with you. I don't get it. I don't get that movie. Who's supposed to be the mockingbird in that? Because the way I look at it, they, they killed the mockingbird. You know? But then in the end, they act like uh, Robert Duvall character is the mockingbird. He might be another one. But wasn't the guy who was on trial a mockingbird? How come they didn't give a fuck about him? 
And I don't buy that he just ran away and then they shot him. I think that that was that racist shit where they just decided that they were going to kill him. So then they just made up that he ran away. See, this is what I like to do, people, to close out the podcast. I like to bring up a movie that came out, oh, 60, 70 fucking years ago. And uh, talk about it like it came out like fucking six months ago. Oh, Jesus. Um, sorry. Let, let's, let, let's finish up here with, with uh, one last little advertisement. Uh, Gamefly.com, everybody. Is that what it's called? I hope it is. Advertising schedule. Here we go. Here we go. Gamefly.com, everybody. If you like playing video games, wouldn't it be wonderful to have 8,000 video games? 8,000 video games at your fingertips that can be delivered to your door or directly to your PC. All right? For 15 days, you get a free trial. A 15-day free trial. That is two weeks and one day where you can access all 8,000 of those games for absolutely free. Just go to Gamefly.com slash Bill Burr. Uh, click on the microphone and all that stuff, and you'll 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 be good. You will be good to go. Eight thousand video games. Look at me. You know, bring the post office <laughs> into your apartment. Ah, oh, the games. Oh, I don't even know what I'm saying anymore. Did I do the Amazon.com yet? Did I kind of do that? You guys know the deal at this point. If you want to help my podcast and give ten percent. Of what I make to the uh, Wounded Warriors Project, just go to BillBird.com, click on the podcast, and then in, in the uh, the corner you'll see the uh, Amazon banner. You click on that, and then uh, then just buy whatever you want to buy on Amazon.com. They kick me a percentage, and then ten percent of that I give to the Wounded Warriors Project. Um, and that's it. And that's it. That's the podcast for this week, everybody. How about those Celtics? You know. <laughs> I actually tried to watch a Red Sox game yesterday. I watched uh, – I, I don't even know anybody on the team anymore. You know, I finally saw what that Gonzalez guy looked like that we got from the Padres. I haven't watched in, um, I don't know, a good couple of years. It was June of something, 09 or 2010. That's when I just said, you know what, fuck this. I, I can't watch this shit anymore. Bum, bum, bum. I just root for them to lose because I want Bobby Valentine to get fired. Although I do think it's funny that he tipped his cap when everyone was booing him. I do think that that's funny. But I hate when people um, just cause controversy and just make shit about themselves when they haven't accomplished anything. Did I just describe my podcast? Um, all right. Maybe on the Bobby Valentine of podcasting. I think you are. I think you are that fucking annoying um, that's the podcast for this week, everybody. Um, where am I going to be coming up? Why don't Why don't I go to BillBird.com and we'll see what's uh, what the deal is. Hey, can anybody tell me why dogs sleep so fucking much? They'll put they they will they'll put in eight hours, and then you take them around the block, and then they sleep for like another four hours, and they get all antsy around noontime. You take them out again, and then they just plop down, and then they have one more burst of energy, and then they're ready to sleep for another eight hours. Isn't that what, like, all wild animals do? Like, don't, like, lions, for the most part, just laying around all day? You know? Well, ah, I guess I got to go kill something. Then they go and they kill something. They fucking gorge themselves, and they just lay around in the sun for, like, the next three days sleeping. Isn't that what they do? You know somebody down the street? I have to whisper because somebody down the street, they uh, they bought two giant lions um, to have outside their house. You know, like the fake lions. It basically, it just screams new money. 
You know what I mean? That's like one of the one of the first things you do. Like the average shithead who hits the lottery, you know what they're going to do, right? They're going to get a limo, go boozing. They're going to buy a car, maybe pay off one bill, right? And then the very next thing they're going to do is they're going to buy two giant fucking lions to stand guard at the end of the driveway of their fucking apartment building. I don't know why people do that, but these ones were actually decent. They were actually decent looking. Um, all right, here's the upcoming events. I have uh, my next road gig isn't until June 15th. Are you fucking serious? June. F- oh, I, I guess I'll be in L.A. building up my act. Uh, the San Jose Improv on June 15th and June 16th. And on the 17th, it says San Jose Improv, but we got to fix that. I'm actually going to be at the uh, Chicago Theater with Steve Byrne, Vince Vaughn, and all these other guys. I don't know who else is going to be there, but that's enough of a show right there, isn't it? June 17th, the Chicago Theater. Um, oh, and June 15th and 16th, I'll also be performing with uh, Chelsea Peretti. Sacramento Zone, Chelsea Peretti. So, you know, she's psyched to get up there. That's why she's doing the gig. You know, she wants to drive up and go see family up in Northern California. Um, Ontario Improv, I played June 29th, 30th, and July 1st. Hampton Beach Ballroom Casino, going white trash here, people, July 14th. Then I go to the New Newport Yachting Center, July 15th, and I know what you're thinking there. Oh, is that the Illuminati's Comedy Club? No, it is not. It's a parking lot with a tent over it, and I'll be performing there with some sort of makeshift air conditioner, pathetically trying to blow cold air on my giant forehead. And then my triumphant retor- return to New York City, July 26th, 27th, 28th, and 29th at Caroline's on Broadway in New York, New York. Uh, then we're into September in football season. And I'm going to be doing cities that I have never done before, like Orlando. 8th, 9th, 7th, 8th, and 9th. Look at that. Orlando, Florida. Um, that's it. That's the podcast for this week. Go fuck yourselves. Um, thank you to everybody who's been listening. The podcast has been growing. Thanks to everybody who's been going on to Amazon.com, Gamefly.com, and stamps, uh, Stamps.com. Uh, appreciate it. I don't know when I'll ever see any money from any of these things. It's amazing how this advertising works. You know, they advertise and then like nine months later, they, they finally send you a check. You know, thank you for your wonderful work hyping the new Palm Pilot back in 2001. Um, all right, that's it. Is there anything, any shit I wanted to talk about? Any sports? Um, Hey, Bill, who do you like for the fucking NBA championship? Anybody but the Lakers. Anybody but the Lakers. Uh, who do I like for the Stanley Cup? Um, I like a lot of the teams. I like a lot of teams that are playing each other. Like, I like, uh, I sort of like the Capitals. I like the Rangers. I like the Flyers. I don't like the Devils. I'll never get over that boring style of play that got them three Stanley Cups. That left-wing lock trap defense during the clutch-and-grab era made me almost abandon the game. And for some reason, I blame them when I know people played that for years. Um, So I I can't get into them. Um, Although I do think it's funny that they win all those Stanley Cups right across the river from fucking New York. That does make me laugh. So in a pinch, if I had to vote, vote, vote. Vote for either uh, – that was vote or in root at the same time. If I had to vote for uh, Jersey or the Rangers, that's ah, a tough one. Rangers is just such a legendary club, even though they haven't, they've won one Stanley Cup in 72 fucking years. 
Um, I still like them, though. I like the Flyers. I'd like to see the St. Louis Blues. And I would say I'd like to see the L.A. Kings if their fucking fans weren't also Laker fans. You know? I just, I don't know. I'm so fucking sick. You know you know how depressing it was to go back to Boston and run into the, the fucking morons that I did? For the most part, I, I met nice people. But just a couple of those, it was just so fucking depressing because I love going back to Boston because as far as a sports fan, I've been, I've been behind enemy lines since when I left in 1995. I went to New York City. And I live in L.A., so I have had to deal with Yankee fans, Jets fans, and now Laker fans. And I just want to go to a place where I can express affection for my teams and not have to immediately get into some sort of fucking debate. And then I go back there, and then it's, it's just that shit, you know? And I know, now that I admitted that those things happened in Boston, now I'm going to get a bunch of holier-than-thou fucking emails from people, but you have to understand that I've traveled for 20 years as a comedian and I've done the third show Saturday night and, uh, and I've talked to those people. So I bring it. If you want to fucking talk down to me, why am I defending boss? I can't defend it. I can't defend it, but you know, I don't know. I don't know what the fuck I'm saying. All right. That's the podcast. Go fuck yourselves. I'll talk to you next week.